Hello and welcome back to High Tea Obsessed. I am your host, Thomas Boomhauer, and today, this episode, I am out here flying solo for the first time. And I do mean flying because today I'm going to be talking about a terrible winged beast, a flying monster by the name of Mothman. Now, before I actually started recording uh, my show, I thought I'd be out here every week all by myself. Uh, or at least most of the time by myself, and, you know, that may end up being true, but so far I've actually been really lucky, and my friends and Hallerpod have been kind enough to agree to come on. So this, like I said, first time doing it alone. Initially, I thought this episode was going to be a hero swap of Captain America and Achilles, and a hero swap something I do on my blog that I thought would work as a podcast, but... Unfortunately, it didn't work out. It didn't come out the way I wanted it to. So I scrapped that one for now and probably going to try it again at some point later on. But for now, it's in the dumpster. It's out of here. Gone from sight. But with all that said, I do have something very excellent for everybody. And it is something kind of interesting something that i've been interested in at least for a very long time and that is the cryptid mothman like i've said in the past uh this episode or this podcast is going to be about everything that i'm obsessed with and so far this has been you know my favorite books some of my favorite movies and just uh chewing it up with my friends but i'm also interested in things like the paranormal you know um And everything kind of in that sphere, for lack of a better word. So that means, you know, Bigfoot, ghosts, aliens, um, harmless conspiracy theories like, you know, who killed JFK, the ancient Greeks may have mined copper from the Great Lakes. Nice, weird, little harmless kind of things like that. Nothing too dangerous, too crazy. And so I decided that Mothman would be a good introduction topic to that, for me at least, because... Something that is interesting, something that I do care about, but it's also not something that, you know, I'm starting out, so I'm not that great at this yet. So it's not something that I'm going to be upset that when I look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I had done this better. I think it's okay as like a warm-up for lack of a better uh, term. So after the break, we're going to be talking about Mothman. But before we get that, that there, I have not one, but two recommendations for everybody this week. So the first one is a documentary series called Small Town Monsters. Small Town Monsters is an independent film series that delves into, I get, I mean, you know, exactly what the name suggests, uh, monsters that have been famously sighted in or around small towns. So uh, what they've done is a couple of films on a wide variety of cryptids which have played these small towns all over America including the Minerva Monster, Mothman, uh, Bigfoot in Whitehall, New York, Momo, the Missouri Monster, and a bunch more. These documentaries feature eyewitness interviews, lots of uh, background information on the cases they discuss, and are pretty enjoyable whether or not you end up believing in whatever they're covering. 
A lot of them, if not all of them, are available on Amazon Prime, and if you have any interest in cryptids, learning more about them, or the paranormal at all, I highly recommend checking them out. My second recommendation is a ebook that I discovered on Kindle Unlimited called The Undead Week One. Um, like I said, it's an ebook. I don't know if it's available in physical form, but it tells the story of the first week of a zombie apocalypse, and it takes place in England, which I kind of like because, uh, you know, we're used to the American side of things in these post-apocalyptic stories, so the uh, protagonists usually have pretty easy access to guns and weapons, and in England it's cool because, you know, some of the police officers don't even have weapons, so it's just like another, a little twist on a unique set of challenges for the heroes to tackle and you know without getting too spoilery or giving anything away i will just say this has a unique take on the zombie virus that i had never seen before now it is almost 800 pages but um it's very quick easy read it's very action-packed so uh, don't let the length dissuade you from giving it a try and you know that's what i've been checking out this week and if you are interested in either the paranormal or zombie novels well, you know, I guess you don't have any choice but to go ahead and check those out, you know? So, that's it for now. After the break, I'm going to get into discussing the wonderfully weird, insane tale of Mothman. <laughs> fascination with the paranormal and unexplained began. But when I was in fourth grade, I got this book from, you remember those uh, amazing scholastic book fairs that they used to have in the library or just at school in general? Those things were amazing. They just, they went so hard and they slapped for no reason at all. But, you know, I appreciate them. Anyway, in fourth grade, there's one book in particular that caught my eye and set me on a collision course with the paranormal. This book was called America's Most Haunted True Scary Creatures, and it contained brief descriptions and stories about 10 creepy and real monsters. Uh, these included, you know, Bigfoot, of course, but also lesser-known cryptids like the Honey Island Swamp Monster, the Lake Champlain Monster, or Champ, Lizard Man, Momo, the Missouri Monster, uh, the Jersey Devil, Lake Worth Monster, Whitey, the Folk Monster, and today's special topic, Mothman. So, you may find yourself wondering, who or what exactly was the Mothman? Well, chances are, if you have heard of the Mothman before, it's because of the 2002 movie called The Mothman Prophecies, starring Richard Deere. Uh, the movie is based off of a book by the same name by John Keel, and it's loosely based. It's not like a hard and fast adaptation. But the true story of Mothman is far different from that told in the movie. And it begins way down deep in West Virginia from the fall of 1966 until the fall of 1967. During this year, dozens, if not Hundreds of people throughout West Virginia and, you know, even Ohio and other places reported seeing an around seven foot tall humanoid monster 
with large bat-like wings. And uh, interestingly, uh, almost nobody reported the creature having arms, which is kind of weird. Um, and one thing that nearly all witnesses agreed upon was that the Mothman had these absolutely terrible glowing red eyes. So the first documented reported sighting of Mothman occurred on November 12th, 1966, when five grave diggers near Clendenin, uh, West Virginia, saw what they described as a brown human-like monster with wings gliding low over their heads before it flew into a nearby cluster of trees and vanished from their view. A few days later, on November 15th, a building contractor reporting seeing a large man-like beast with two red eyes that looked like bicycle reflectors. And apparently this guy, Newell Partridge, was watching TV at the time when the image went fuzzy, which is something commonly associated with UFO activity in sightings. Um, and so he's watching TV, image goes fuzzy, and then he hears his dog Bandit howling outside. So Partridge goes to investigate what he uh, what he's hearing, and he sees this beast, you know, big thing, glowing red eyes, goes back inside for his gun, and when he returns, the creature and his dog Bandit are both gone. So, you know, wherever you are, F in the chat for Bandit, a good boy who deserved much, much better. Now, about an hour later that very same night, Mothman was spotted yet again, this time by two couples hanging out in an abandoned uh, World War II munitions dump nicknamed the TNT Area. The couples, Roger and Linda Starberry, and Steve and Mary Mallet, were driving through the area when they spotted a strange figure standing beside the road, and it was apparently looking at them. So Roger Starberry would uh, tell reporters that it was shaped like a man, but bigger, saying that the creature was around six and a half or even seven feet tall, with two big wings floated, uh, or sorry, folded <laughs> against its back. So anyway, apparently the couples decided it was a good idea to stop and stare at the poor monster, uh, you know, despite it being rude to stare at people, by the way, and it turned and started walking towards the open door of an abandoned power plant. So, you know, normal reaction by a monster. He's embarrassed. People are being rude to him. Um, Linda Starberry would go on to say that it was those red eyes that got us. It had two big red eyes, like automobile reflectors. So, you know, having seen a giant winged beast with glowing red eyes, Roger floated on out of there, and he claims to have gone up, uh, you know, he was getting going around 100 miles per hour. And they turned and were shocked to discover that Mothman was actually flying next to them with his wings spread out but not flapping. And they described the wingspan at around 10 feet. Mary Mallet would later go on to say that it squeaked like a big mouse. Interestingly, the um, Mothman was able to follow them for about 7 miles before disappearing. And the couples immediately booked it to the sheriff's office after that and reported their encounter to a Deputy Millard Halstead. Now, Deputy, Deputy Halstead was very understandably skeptical about all of this. Uh, but, you know, he decided to check it out anyway because he didn't feel like they were the type of people to make things up like this. And he also thought, you know, they seemed really shaken up. So, 
Deputy Halstead uh, accompanied, accompanied them back to the TNT area, but was unable to find any evidence to corroborate their tale. The next day, the sheriff held a press conference about the couple's encounter, and a local reporter named it Mothman, stealing the name from a villain on the Batman TV show. So I find the fact that the sheriff, Sheriff Johnson, uh, to be exact, called a press conference because four people claimed to see a monster. I find that a little odd, but that's me. Uh, you know, could this be a reverse jaw situation where instead of burying the fact that there's a terrifying monster doing crazy stuff, uh, you know, trying to protect their tourism, tourism dollars, the local government maybe, you know, cooked up a story, amplified this tale to attract tourists. Uh, you know, we'll get into that more later. And regardless, sightings continue to re be reported. So not uh, not too long after that report, a family who lived near the TNT area reported another encounter with the Mothman. So supposedly, they saw my guy uh, lying down in the grass. And if it were me, I would assume it was because he was tired from flying around all night chasing couples. So Mothman is lying there on the ground and then slowly rises up and a transfixed Mrs. Bennett is just stuck uh, staring at his horrible glowing red eyes. And Mrs. Bennett drops her two-year-old daughter and was just unable to move. She stood there in a shocked, terrified state, unable to do anything at all until her friend ran over and helped them both and herded them back into the house. Once inside the house, uh, they bolted the doors, and hid behind the couch. And apparently this was a wise thing to do because supposedly Mothman followed them up towards the house and shuffled his way onto the porch. But again, he vanished before police arrived at the scene. And, you know, to be fair to Mrs. Bennett, she reportedly suffered very real trauma from this incident, uh, including needing to see a therapist on a weekly basis. And according to John Keel, author of The Mothman Prophecies, Mrs. Bennett was plagued throughout her life with dreadful nightmares, and she strongly believed that Mothman repeatedly visited her home. Uh, she reportedly told Keel that she could feel when the creature was there, and that it just uh, she could sense its presence, and that she heard it because it made a terrible sound like a woman screaming. The Starberries, interestingly, also reported to have seen Mothman, uh, and they claimed to have seen him hundreds of times over the next two years. And they got to the point where they were apparently so used to his presence that they would just simply draw the blinds on him. Um, and they claimed not to feel threatened by him, but just sense that he wanted to communicate. And, you know, it was weird because they said they weren't threatened by him, but were too scared to figure out a way to communicate. So, you know, that doesn't really add up. Uh, but Linda Starberry even went so far as to joke that she would sometimes feel bad for him and, you know, Felt like maybe he just wanted to come in from the cold and take a, take a little bit of a load off. Maybe he just wanted to tie one on with them. You know, just some drinks with the boys. And, you know, okay. So maybe all of this is just an indictment on 1966 West Virginian police time. Uh, just, you know, someone's like, I see a monster and they get their monster strong. Maybe get there a little bit quicker. I don't know. Uh, but so far, it's definitely an indictment on West Virginian parenting and dog parenting. Because one lady nearly abandoned her child to a monster, and a dude straight up abandoned his dog. So, tough look for our guys. Anyway, 
So, at this point, eyewitness accounts were being covered by local newspapers, local TV stations, and radio shows. And the TNT area was absolutely just slammed with people hoping to find and document evidence of Mothman. And even catch a glimpse of the monster if they were lucky enough. And, you know, none of these people were able to witness him and get proof of it. But reports continued to come in from all over western West Virginia. Uh, apparently Mothman grew bolder at this point and sightings began to be reported during the daytime with a shoe salesman named Thomas Uri reporting a tall, gray, man-like figure standing in a field uh, before unfurling its wings and taking off straight up. And I'm going to use his words here. It took off straight up like a helicopter. So this is kind of an interesting report because it echoes the Starberries and Mallet's report saying the creature had a 10-foot wingspan, flew over his car, and he was going 75 miles per hour, not 100, but, you know, the same kind of thing. No flapping of the wings, um, huge wingspan, creatures traveling insane speeds, impossible by most birds. And again, like the couples, he immediately went to the sheriff's office to report his sighting. So after this, daytime sightings continued to pour in, with witnesses claiming Mothman flew at them, hovered over their car, and all other manners of encounters, but one commonality between them was reporting terror at the sight of these horrible, unbelievably awful red eyes. Now, in Gallipolis, Ohio, five pilots reported seeing Mothman, and it, uh, even went up in a plane to attempt to photograph him. But, you know, again, before they could get up, he vanished without a trace. So by the end of 1967, uh, you know, all major sightings of Mothman in the Point Pleasant area came to a halt, although sightings do continue to this day all over the world. In fact, a quick Google search will reveal that a man in Point Pleasant snapped a photo of, mo of a Mothman-like creature in 2016. Um, I've looked at the photo, and I think it kind of looks like an owl with a snake or some sort of branch in its hand, in its uh, <laughs> its hands, in its claws. But you know, I wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, additionally, the area in and around Chicago, Illinois, has been experiencing a large flap, which is what uh, people call paranormal sightings. I guess when they're grouped together, they call it a flap. Uh, anyway, they've had a large flap of reported sightings and encounters in recent years. So. In the aftermath of the Mothman encounters in 1966 and 1967, the Silver Bridge in Point Pleasant collapsed on December 15, 1967, resulting in the tragic deaths of 46 people. And some people, including John Keel in the Mothman prophecies, have connected Mothman with the bridge collapse. And people, you know, claim that he was warning of the disaster. Maybe he's like an angel of death, harbinger of doom type of character. And people have uh, since reported seeing Mothman or similar creatures in the days and weeks before other tragedies, including an apartment bombing in uh, Russia, and there are photos of what people claim is Mothman perched on one of the Twin Towers on 9-11. And, you know, to me, uh, I don't like this kind of speculation. It feels kind of gross and diminishes the tragedy of these terrible events, but... You know, I wanted to cover the full scope, make sure I was doing my job as a podcast host, educating everybody about the full 
impact of the creature. But, you know, I don't know. It just feels wrong to me to connect a cryptid to tragedies. Uh, on a lighter note, John Keel also connected Mothman to UFO activity in the area. And indeed, there was a strain of reported UFO and extraterrestrial activities in and around, you know, Point Pleasant in all of West Virginia in 1966 and 1967. So, one of the most famous, at least in paranormal circles, of the stories is the story of Indrid Cold. So, on November 2nd, 1966, which was before the first reported Mothman sightings, uh, a man named Woodrow Derenberger was driving on his way home on Interstate 77, uh, and he stopped when he heard a crash, and he observed an unidentifiable vehicle landing in front of him. Now, Mr. Derenberger was actually interviewed about this incident, and I was able to find some audio of that, and I'm going to play that for you all right now. Well, I, was, I am a salesman, and I drive a truck, and last night... Uh, shortly after 7 o'clock, I was coming from Marietta, Ohio, coming down Interstate 77. And just before I came to the intersection of Route uh, 47, there was a car past me, overtaking me from behind. And following closely behind this car was this unidentified flying object. And as the car ahead, or the car behind passed me, this object was following close behind it, and it swerved directly in front of my truck, turning crosswise. And when it turned crosswise, it slowed down. It started slowing not abruptly or too fast, but it gave me plenty of time to step on my brakes and slow down with it. But it forced me to come to a complete stop. As soon as I had stopped, there was a door opened in the side of this vehicle, and this man stepped out and came directly to me, or came to the truck. He walked to the right-hand side of the truck, and he told me to roll down the window. He asked me to roll down the window on my right-hand side of my truck, and I had done what he asked. And this man stood there, and he, he first asked me, what I was called, and I knew he meant my name, and I told him my name. And uh, he asked me, he said, uh, why are you frightened? He said, don't be frightened, we wish you no harm. He said, we mean you no harm, we wish you only happiness. And uh, I told him my name, and when I told him my name, he said he was called Cold. That was the name that he was called by. And he asked me what the city of Parkinsburg, he pointed to the lights. He didn't point, but he gave the impression that he was pointing, and he asked me what that was called. And I told him it was a Parkinsburg, it was a city, a town. And he asked me if most all the people lived in my, this city or town. And I explained to him uh, that it was a place of business. It's where we transacted our business, that the people lived in communities, outlying communities, most of the people. And when I told him that this was a city, he said that his, where his home was, that that was called a gathering. And uh, again, he told me not to be frightened, which I was. I was, I was very frightened. 
And as far as I can understand, this was all mental. There was no spoken words from him. I knew what he was asking me, but yet he stood there and his mouth did not move. He had a smile on his face. He was appeared very courteous and friendly. And after I talked with him a while, he told me he would see me. He said, we will see you again. And he left in his vehicle. So, you know, um, that is what I would call a lot of damage where I come from. And other people have reported sightings of this injured, told character. And he's also been called the Grinning Man, which is, you know, a whole nother wormhole of sightings and creatures and reports that we could go down. And, you know, maybe we will another time. Uh, but anyway, you know, Injured Told is a separate issue from the Mothman. Uh, but I bring this up to illustrate the strangeness afoot going down in West Virginia and in uh, 1966 and 1967. My personal theory I think it was just, you know, these aliens knew that John Denver would be sending Take Me Home Country Road, Take Me Home Country Roads, uh, in 1971, and they were just like a smidge early to cash in on that. So, in order to wrap this episode up, uh, you know, we have one more thing to figure out here, and that is what exactly, or who was, or is, the Mothman. So... Was it all an elaborate hoax to get publicity to the town, which, you know, eventually got out of hand and more and more people started reporting sightings trying to capitalize on the on the incidents for their 15 minutes? Um, you know, I think this actually could be pretty likely because the town still milks this um, and they get whatever they can out of Mothman. They have an annual Mothman festival that is actually like pretty widely attended and they have this weird metallic Mothman statue in town as well. Um, other theories include it could have been misidentification, driven by mass hysteria. Some, uh, experts have said that it could have been owls, like barn owls look pretty similar to what eyewitnesses report. And at the time, experts tried to say it was a crane, which, you know, cranes are pretty big, but I don't, you know, I don't think it explains what people were seeing. The owl is a much better solution to me. Uh, but even with the birds, how do we explain those menacing red eyes? Maybe, you know, it's all made up. Maybe it was a weird hang glider with bicycle reflectors taped to it. Um, and, you know, I have to admit, it's probably one of those rational, easily explained theories. But what if it is something supernatural? Uh, if we are dealing with something unexplained, I have to say, I do hope that it's aliens. Because, you know, absolutely, very scary in its own right. Terrifying, don't really love the idea of aliens messing around. But, I feel like an undiscovered species of seven foot tall, hairy flying hominids with uh, glowing red eyes would definitely be even scarier than that. Like, what are they up to? Anyway, um, I can't tell you who or what exactly Mothman is or was. But I can tell you this, I hope to never see one in my life. And welcome back once again. So, please, 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 
tell me what you think about all this Mothman UFO injured told business. You know, you can hit me on Twitter at HiTO Podcast or on Instagram at High Obsessed Podcast. Um, and, you know, if you feel like doing that, you could also suggest future topics that you would like me to delve into and give me some honest feedback here and um, all that stuff. But that's all I got for today. Pretty action-packed episode, a little shorter than normal. You know, that's the way it is sometimes. So that's all, folks. Uh, remember to please rate and review High Key Obsessed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. And, you know, five stars only, or I'll send my boy Mothman after you. Thanks for listening, and please stay safe out there, y'all. Thank you.